0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mr. Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning to Tickle Our Funny Bone, Ms. Cecile Ball and Mr. Richard Denny in the CBS Comedy Show, My Favorite Husband. In this first episode, we find the cougarers eating dinner one night at Kent by candlelight when all of a sudden George turns on the light and ruins the evening. So as he's standing up he ends up knocking over a the salt shaker. And Liz tells him to hurry and throw it over his shoulder. If she's a very superstitious person. But George doesn't believe in superstitions. So when Kitty comes with coffee. He ends up standing up and pouring coffee all over himself. But not only does Liz. Believe in superstitions. Katie. The maid does too. But later on in the episode a little girl who is the Kugrat's neighbor is also superstitious and has a pet cricket who ends up escaping and driving Mr. Cooper mad and it is called superstition. And in this next episode, which you may have heard on my Spooktober presentation, we once again find the Guts hosting an annual Halloween party. Uh, where they're not sure yet. But their friends, the Atterberries, have a big surprise for them as they bring the party to their house. And it is called Halloween Surprise Party. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Lucia Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS Comedy Show, My Favorite Husband. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And always remember to enjoy the show. Thanks.
1: It's time for my favorite husband, starring Lucille Ball.
2: Jello, everybody.
1: Yes, it's the new gay family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, brought to you by the Jello family of desserts. J e l l
3: o. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jello family. Oh, the big
4: red letters stand
3: for the Jello family. That's Jello, Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O cap. Fiocca pudding, Yes,
1: And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper, two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers tonight, we see a romantic little family scene. Liz and
5: George are having dinner by candlelight.
2: Oh, isn't this romantic, dear? I just love eating by candlelight, don't you?
5: Well, I could stand just a wee bit more light. What for? I haven't found my plate yet.
2: (laughs) Oh, stop. I've been passing food to someone over there. Well,
5: let's turn on the lights and see who it is.
2: Oh, George, you have no soul. Why can't you be sentimental like I am? I am.
5: Honestly, honey, I love eating by candlelight. You do? Yes. You look so radiant. I could just sit and gaze at you all night with your face picking up the soft glow of the candlelight.
2: That's the pot roast, George. I'm over here. (laughs)
5: Oh, I was just kidding, honey. I really love candlelight. It's wonderful.
2: Now,
5: what are you doing? I'm feeling for the gravy. I found it.
2: Oh, what's the use of fighting it? I'll turn the lights on. Oh, there you
5: are.
3: Oh, George. Oh,
2: honey,
5: baby. Now, what are
3: you crying
5: about? We were just having
3: fun. I
2: wanted this to be such a wonderful evening for just the two of us, and now it's all loused up. Oh,
5: no, it isn't, baby. It
2: is, too, and I know why.
5: I know, honey. It's my fault.
2: No, it isn't. The whole thing happened because I walked under a ladder this morning.
5: Now, Liz, that (laughs) didn't have anything to do with
2: it. It did, too.
5: Honey, don't be silly. The dinner would have been just as bad if you hadn't walked under the ladder. (laughs) I uh, I mean, things would have gone wrong just the same.
2: They would not.
5: Liz, I thought we settled this ridiculous business of your believing in superstitions. We've had this discussion a thousand
2: times. I know.
5: Well, didn't I convince you that there's no basis to it? It's silly, sentimental, feminine nonsense.
2: Yes, George.
5: Now, you're never going to think about them again, are you?
2: I promise.
5: My goodness, I never believed in superstitions in my life, and I've never had any bad luck.
2: Knock wood. Oh, I, I'm sorry, George. I just didn't want to break the spell. You said I haven't had any bad luck, and I thought I hope he never does. And then I knocked on wood to make sure you won't, because if I didn't, you might. See. I give up. Oh, well, that was the last time, George. Really, really, I, I'm not superstitious. I'm not even plain everyday stitious.
3: <laughs>
5: well, that's better.
2: Give me a goodbye to superstitions kiss, huh? Mm. Hmm.
3: <laughs> oh,
5: gee, you kiss good.
2: Oh, uh, thank
5: you. Where'd you ever get those lips?
2: In a surplus store. <laughs> they were part of a bugler's kit. <laughs> Silly. Ah, gee, George, you're so wonderful. I love you even when you're mad at me. And I hope you never change.
5: I hope I never do either.
2: I... Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself.
5: You do believe in it.
2: Well, why take any chances, George?
3: It doesn't hurt.
5: Liz, I'm really disappointed to find such an attitude in an adult, intelligent woman.
3: Who? (laughs) You.
2: Oh, oh. Well, George, some superstitions are based on good common sense.
5: Name one.
2: Well, uh, uh, if you walk under a ladder, it might fall on you. Uh, If a black cat walks in front of you, you might trip over it.
5: Okay, okay. Weak, but acceptable. Now, will you explain knocking on wood?
2: Uh. Well? Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? (laughs) I I know. If you knock on wood and a termite knocks back, you know the wood's no good.
5: (laughs) Now, I want you to stop this whole silly business of superstitions and stop right now.
2: George, you knocked the salt shaker over. Throw some over your left shoulder. No. Do it quick, George, or you'll have bad luck. Anybody want more coffee?
5: Now, stop it, Liz. Uh, give me some more coffee, please, Kate.
2: Yes, sir. Now, if you don't care about yourself, George, do it for me.
5: I will not, and neither will anyone else around here. Am I the master of this house or not?
2: Yes, master.
5: Oh, well, that's better.
2: Oh, look out, Mr. Cooper, don't stand up. <gasps> oh.
5: Coffee all over.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Cooper, but you hit my arm. <laughs>
5: Well, it isn't your fault, Katie.
2: (laughs) You see, that happened because you didn't throw the salt over your shoulder. You better throw it or it might affect Katie, too. Oh, no, I don't believe in that salt-throwing nonsense.
5: Well, a sensible woman.
2: You don't believe in it, Katie? No, and I've never had any bad luck, knock wood.
5: Uh, (laughs) Oh,
4: not you, too.
2: Good girl, Katie. Oh, don't misunderstand me, Mrs. Cooper. I'm a wood knocker, but I'm not a salt
3: thrower. Well,
2: that's your privilege. I happen to be a wood knocker and a salt thrower. George, what's the matter?
5: I'm trying to decide whether to be a maid knocker or a white thrower.
2: (laughs) Will those bring good luck, too?
5: Not to you, it won't. Fine thing. After 11 years of marriage, I suddenly discover I'm living with a witch doctor.
3: Oh. (laughs) Oh.
2: Katie. Morning, Mrs. Cooper. I certainly heard you and Mr. Cooper talking late last night. You didn't hear me talking. That was George. All night long I got a lecture on how stupid it is to believe in superstitions that have been handed down from the dark ages. Did he get rough? I heard a crash. No, no. That was demonstration time. He broke a mirror on the floor and stamped on it just to prove it didn't bring bad luck. My goodness. Is he coming down to breakfast? Yeah, he'll be here in a minute. He's bandaging his foot. (laughs) Oh, I'll get it, Mrs. Cooper Oh, it's little Joanne Wood from next door? Come in here Good morning, Katie Good morning, Mrs. Cooper Hello, Joanne How are you? Fine, thanks How's your father? Fine, thanks And your four sisters? Fine, thanks And your six brothers? Fine, thanks And your mother? Exhausted, thanks
3: (laughs) Oh, good morning, Mr. Cooper
5: Oh, hello, Joanne
3: My father asked me to return this umbrella
5: Oh, thanks this doesn't look like our umbrella. Uh, Let me open it and take a look.
2: George, please, not in the house.
5: Oh, Liz, I thought you were going to stop that silliness.
2: But it's bad luck to open an umbrella in the house.
3: She's right, Mr. Cooper. I opened an umbrella in the house once, and a few minutes later, I sprained my ankle.
5: Oh, that was just coincidence.
3: No, it wasn't. I used the umbrella for a parachute when I jumped off the piano. (laughs) You better
2: quit while you're behind, George.
5: No, you too. I'm going to prove to you once and for all that opening an umbrella in the house doesn't bring bad luck.
2: George, don't open it, please.
5: I'm just proving my
3: point. Oh, my foot! Daddy wondered where that hammer was. <laughs> oh,
2: poor George. It was your good foot, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? No, no, honest, I think it's awful you hurt both your feet. It just strikes me funny. I'm sorry <laughs> oh. about your foot, Mr. Cooper. Well,
5: thank you, Joanne. At least somebody knows what I'm going through.
3: I remember how my ankle hurt, but it hasn't bothered me in a long time, not Wood. Oh, no!
2: Something <laughs> <laughs> tells me you better leave, Joanne. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye, dear.
5: Well, that wraps it up, Liz. I can't fight
2: it. Yeah, we got a pretty strong union, haven't we?
5: Look, just let me calm down for a minute, will you? Then I've got a lot of work to do.
2: Sure, you relax, George. I'll just sit here and read the paper. (coughs) 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 Gee, it was cold last night. Listen to this. Min, 48 degrees. Max, 65 degrees. (laughs) The night before, it was warmer. Min, 52, Max, 71. Hmm. George, why is it Min never gets as hot as Max?
3: What'd
2: you say? I
5: didn't say anything.
2: Oh, listen. There's a cricket in the house.
5: Oh, what else can happen?
2: Isn't that wonderful? Oh, there he is in the fireplace.
5: Well, at least we can see him. I'll get him with that newspaper. Oh,
2: no, George, don't hurt him.
5: Liz, let go of the paper.
2: But he's good luck, George. You know, a cricket on the hearth.
5: Hearth, smart.
2: Give me that paper. Oh, you murderer.
5: Oh, darn it. You stalled me so long, he's gone. Hooray. Now, where is he? Well, it sounds like he's on this side of the room.
2: No. No, sounds like he's on the other side of the room.
5: Oh, I can't find him.
2: Oh, shut up! George, be friendly. Ask him nicely. Please, Mr. Cricket, George has work to do. Won't you please be quiet? (laughs) Well, I'll be done. So will I. All it needed was a friendly tone,
5: you see? Well, congratulations.
2: Thank you. You go right ahead now. Now, do you mind
5: if I do some work?
2: No, I won't
5: say a word. Well, let's see. Here's the Mitchell account. The 14 and 18 are 32 and 12 is... 14 and 18 are 32 and 12 is... This is good luck, Alice.
2: Now, now George, he's just a little cricket and he's not hurting you. Do your work. How
5: can I do my work while he's sitting there bellowing at
2: me? He's not bellowing, he's singing for you. You call that singing? Well, you rub your hind legs together and see if you can do better. <laughs>
5: oh, there he goes.
2: Where?
5: Out in the hall. I'll get him this time.
2: Jiminy?
5: Where did he go? Do you see him, Liz?
2: Maybe I do, and maybe I don't.
5: (laughs) Elizabeth, tell me.
2: I'm no stool cricket.
5: (laughs) Shh, shh. There he is. Where? Under the molding by the bathroom door. How will I get him out?
2: I'll handle this. Okay, you cricket. Come out with your hind legs up.
5: (laughs) Now, that was smart. You chased him under the door into the bathroom. No, I'll get him now.
2: Just a minute, George. Don't go in there. He may be taking a bath.
5: <laughs> okay, Liz. Okay, you've made your choice. It's him or me.
2: George, are you trying to tell me that from now on I'll be Mrs. George Cricket?
5: No. No, I'm, I'm just telling you that a man can stand only so much. I'm giving you an ultimatum, Liz. I'm not coming back to this house until that cricket is gone.
2: George, you don't mean... I that...
5: do mean... If you want me, I'll be at the club.
2: But, George... Oh. <whistles> ah, you and your big, fat hind legs.
1: Well, seems like everything happens to the Coopers, and that's not just cricket, is it? But say, here's something swell that can happen to your family. You can start right now treating them to delicious jello puddings. Jello chocolate, butterscotch, and vanilla pudding. Boy, take it from me, there's something. Rich and distinctive, smooth as cream, chuck full of old fashioned homemade goodness. Try luscious jello chocolate pudding in this tempting chocolate roll. Just prepare your pudding as directed on the package, reducing the milk to one and three quarter cups. Cool, spread on a sheet of sponge cake, and roll it up like a jelly roll. It's a grand and glorious dessert treat. Jell-O puddings are so quick and easy to prepare. All you do is add milk and they take about five minutes to cook. Get all three Jell-O puddings tomorrow and find out why more women buy Jell-O puddings than any other prepared puddings in the world. J e
3: l l o.
1: back to the Coopers and the big cricket hunt. Well, it's been two hours since George, the mighty hunter, gave up the chase and returned to his cricket blind. Liz is still hot on
2: the trail.
3: Here, cricket, cricket, cricket. Here, little cricket, let's go bye-bye. Where are
2: you? Haven't you any idea where he is, Mrs. Cooper? No, he muffled his legs and threw me off the trail. The last I saw of him was in the dining room. What was that crash I heard? Oh, I got mad and threw a plate at him. Bye, Mrs. Cooper. Well, I wouldn't mind if he just sat there and cricked at me, but he gave me a great big raspberry. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, it made me so mad I called the exterminator. Good. Let's let the exterminator worry about it. Well, I'm going to give him one more chance to save his life. That is, if he's the type to go for a tin cricket. A tin cricket? Yeah, I had one left over from a Halloween party. See, here it is. Well, you don't think you can fool him with that, do you? No, I might. If this happens to have cricket sex appeal... Oh! Well, it's worth a try until the exterminator gets here. Now, let's tiptoe into the dining room. He might still be in there. I don't see him. Shh, 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 shh. Ah, There he is. Let's see if I can engage him in conversation. Let's go. Oh, he doesn't answer. I'll try again. <laughs> Say, I think we've got his interest, Katie. I'll lead him on. (laughs) I wonder what I'm saying to him. No answer. Maybe you were too fresh. No, I think he's playing hard to get I'll really flirt with him (laughs) How do you like that? A cricket with rhythm Oh, that was just a coincidence Well, I'll try it again Oh, no. I got a hold of the bebop king of the bug world. (laughs) Oh, you're making it sound like that. He always gives two chirps. Oh, I'll get it.
6: Good afternoon. Did you call the Acne Exterminating Company?
2: I did. I'm Mrs. Cooper.
6: Uh, How do you do? I'm Mr. Acne. Well, what are we after? A pack of rats? A bunch of termites? A swarm of ants?
2: It's a cricket. Yes,
6: I heard of it. One cricket? Yes. One little, tiny, solitary cricket? Yes. You had me come all the way out here for one cricket?
2: You didn't come alone, did you? You need every man you've got. This is super cricket.
6: Well, you get stuck for a minimum charge anyway. Now, which room is he in? I'll give him a little DDT and that will be that.
2: <laughs> you think so, huh? Hmm. Well, he's in this room someplace. He's over in that corner.
6: It doesn't matter. I'll just spray this DDT bug bomb. Now we'll step out of the room until I count ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that's the end of the cricket.
2: Cricket? Oh, Cricket! Yeah, I guess he's gone. All right.
6: That will be five dollars.
2: Five dollars.
6: Minimum charge, you know.
2: Well, all right. Hark!
6: That's impossible. That cricket is dead.
2: Well, maybe this is his ghost. He's gonna haunt you.
6: (laughs) Just a minute. No bug is gonna make a fool out of me. I'll give him another dose. Oh, darn it. That's the last of the DDT. Hell, I'll get him some other way.
2: I have a tip for you. Don't waste your time with female impersonations. This kid's a jaded bachelor.
6: What are you talking about?
2: My decoy. I was flirting with him before. I was making like a lady cricket.
6: Well, I have a tip for you. A female cricket doesn't make any noise.
2: Good heavens. You mean I was just being one of the boys? (laughs) And I thought I was being so sexy.
6: Yes. Uh, Now, do you mind if I apply science?
4: No, go right ahead.
6: I'll use my cunning, my knowledge of their habits. You may not know this, but crickets can't see from behind. This gives me an
2: advantage. You mean you can?
6: Uh, No, no. Oh, there he is now. I'll sneak up from the back with this empty jar. Now I softly but swiftly sneak up and get him like this. Clamp the lid on the jar and there he is.
2: Looks like he's used his cunning too. He's turned invisible.
6: (laughs) I missed him. Well, he won't get away this time.
2: You're going to use more science? No, science has
6: failed. I hate to do this, but I've got only one choice. I'm going to resort to Plan 4X.
2: A deadly new insecticide?
6: Worse than that.
2: Atomic fission?
6: Worse than that.
2: Good heavens, what are you going to do?
6: I'm going to smash him over the head with a mallet.
2: (laughs) That's pretty primitive, old boy.
6: Yeah, I know, but think of the pleasure I'll get. That cricket is on his deathbed. Come on, he ducked under the bookcase in the hall. Help me move it.
2: Look out, tilt it the other way. I'll handle it. But if you don't tilt it, all the books will fall. Out. Now, look what you've done. It's all
6: right. I'm insured.
2: There he is on the lamp.
6: I've got you now.
2: Now, wait a minute. It's
6: all right. I'm insured. There he is on that base.
2: I know. You're insured.
1: It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball.
2: Hello, everybody. <laughs>
1: Yes, it's the new Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts.
3: J-E-L-L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters
4: stand
7: for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O cup. The Oka
1: puddings. Yes, sirree. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers, it's late afternoon, and George Cooper is on his way home from the bank. He just got his car out of Miller's garage, where he left it to be overhauled, and he's on his way to Sally's Beauty Parlor, where he left his wife, Liz, to be overhauled. He, uh, He pulls to a stop by an attractive girl standing on the corner. Going my way,
5: baby?
2: Oh, hi, George.
5: Oh, oh I, I didn't know it was you, Liz.
2: Oh, George, you pull that same corny gag every time you pick me up for the last ten years.
5: Ah, <laughs> Well, it always gets a rise out of you.
2: Well, not today.
5: Hey, Come on, get in.
2: Well, I'm trying. What are you
5: doing, Liz? You can't open the door with your elbows. Use your hands.
2: I can't. My nail polish isn't dry. <laughs> oh... I can't do it. Well, you're certainly being a big help.
5: Well, I'm thinking. Uh, Try using your teeth.
2: Oh, skip it. You just drive on home and I'll run along behind you. A breeze will dry my polish.
5: I'm just kidding you, honey. Here, I'll open the door.
2: Well, thank you. You know, George... Before we were married, you would have leaped out of the car, sprinted around to the other side, and swung open the door for me.
5: Well, that was ten years ago. If I did that today, I'd have a heart attack.
2: If you did that today, I'd have a heart attack.
5: Well, you're in a good mood.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, George, but while I was in the beauty parlor, Sally told me some very disturbing news. Oh,
5: there's a strike in the henna factory.
2: (laughs) No, it was really serious. Now... Who do you think is giving a party and hasn't invited us?
5: Elsa Maxwell.
2: Oh, if you're going to be smart, Eleky, I won't tell you. (laughs) Okay. I mean it. I won't tell you. No, okay, by me. Begging will get you nowhere. (laughs) Well, all right, I'll tell you. The Atterberries are having a costume party Halloween night, and they didn't invite us. What? It's true, so help me. Oh,
5: I don't believe it. Who, who told you a thing like that?
2: Sally, my beauty operator.
5: Oh, well, I might have known. How does Sally find out everything?
2: I don't know. I think she has a wire recorder hidden in the hairdryer. <laughs> but she's always right.
5: Oh, ridiculous. What reason would the Atterbury's have for not inviting us to their party?
2: Well, I thought you might know. Is everything all right at the bank?
5: Well, certainly. Oh, this doesn't make sense. We... Well, we probably just haven't received our invitation yet. It'll be there in the morning mail.
2: Well, if it isn't, I know what I'm going to do. What? I'm going to RSVP without being (laughs) A-S-K-E-D.
5: Liz, come and eat breakfast and stop looking for the mailman. You're pushing your nose all out of shape against the window.
2: No, I'm not, George. Um, no, I'm not, George. Why doesn't that mailman come?
5: Maybe, because it's only 8 o'clock in the morning.
2: But Mr. Negley's usually here by this... Oh, I know the answer. It's Katie's day off. He starts at the other end of the route when she's not here to give him his breakfast coffee.
5: (laughs) Smart operator. Say, how's Katie doing with him? Making any
2: headway? Oh, yes. She's gotten him to the lap-sitting stage. No! Yep. He finally agreed to sit on her lap.
3: (laughs)
5: He sits on her lap?
2: Well, he's so small, George. She'd squash him. <laughs> oh, darn it. Where is he? This is our last chance. If that invitation doesn't come this morning, we'll know the Atterbury's deliberately snubbed us.
5: Look, Liz. If the Atterbury's want to give a party and not ask us, it's their business. They, they probably have a very good reason.
2: There couldn't be any good reason for not asking us. We're their closest friends. They couldn't do a thing like that to us.
5: Well, we've given parties without asking them.
2: That was different. I had a very good reason.
5: <laughs> all right, I can't argue with that kind of feminine logic. Anyway, you, you only have a beauty operator's rumor that they're giving a party at all.
2: Oh, no. No, I checked on it. I had Katie call the Atterbury's maid last night, and they are having a party.
5: Well, I don't understand
2: it. Oh, there's Mr. Negley. Yeah,
5: but your breakfast is getting cold.
2: Well, I'm not hungry. Mr. Negri, am I glad to see
3: you. Really? (laughs) Well, I...
7: I always look forward to seeing you, too.
3: Uh Well, thank
2: you. May I have our mail, please?
7: Is Katie home?
2: No. May I have our mail, please?
7: You know, Mrs. Cooper, I like
2: Katie.
7: Mm. (laughs) Someday, if things go well, maybe she'll let me put my stamp on her envelope. Uh,
2: Mr. Negley, will you give me our mail, please? I'd love
7: to change her zone number to mine. (laughs) But she's really too good for me. She's first-class matter. Yes,
2: could I have? She's
7: better than that. She's air mail special delivery.
2: Well, I'm sure she is. Registered. Look, Mr. Negley, someday I hope you and Katie settle down and raise a lot of little postcards. But right now, will you please give me our mail? Oh,
7: yes, I have a letter for you here somewhere. Oh, here it is. I'll take it. Oh. Well. You see, Grady, you've only got half of it. it. It served you right.
2: Well, this might this might be it. Let's see. You are cordially invited. Quick, what does the other half say? To bring your car home for service. Great. Isn't there another letter for us? No,
7: that's all.
2: Maybe you made a mistake. Please. There isn't a man
7: in postal service who sorts his mail more carefully
2: than Harrison Q. Negley. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Well, well, let me take a look. Maybe it's stuck down there someplace. Take your hands off my mail bag. Mr. Negley, this is more important than you think. You're tampering with the U.S. mail.
3: Oh?
7: Now look what you've done. I'm all unsorted. <laughs> and heaven knows what you've done to my fragile. Oh, why didn't I stay in possible
2: pose? Oh, I'm awfully sorry, Mr. Negley. I thought, sure, I'd get a letter from Mrs. Atterbury. Here, I'll help you sort. Something.
7: No, no, just leave me alone. And if you're talking about Mrs. Atterbury's party, I delivered those invitations last week, and you didn't get one, and I'm glad. Do you hear me? Glad?
1: Let's pause for a moment. Lucille Ball and Richard Denning will return in my favorite husband right after these messages. To find out more about old-time radio, old-time video, and the pleasures of listening to audiobooks, visit the Audiobook Club website, www.audiobookclub.com, where you can get four audiobooks for just one penny. Mediaday.com. And now, let's return to my favorite husband.
4: Well, Rudolph... Curiosity is about to kill a cat. Guess who just called on the phone?
1: Who, Lotus Bud?
4: <laughs> Liz Cooper. She and George are down at the corner drugstore, and they want to drop by.
7: Oh, Iris, I wanted to watch television.
4: Well, you can't. They're coming over. You
5: mean I have to miss along, Cassidy?
1: <laughs> this may be the night he gets killed.
4: <laughs> I guarantee he won't. Now, they'll be here any minute. Help me pick up the papers on the floor. And remember, not a word about the Halloween party.
7: Well, don't
1: worry about me. I'm not the blabbermouth in this family.
4: (laughs) Well, I can't wait to see their faces when they find out we're giving a surprise Halloween party for them.
1: And at their house. (laughs) (laughs) Does everyone know what to do? Oh.
4: Sure. We're meeting at Cooper's side door at 8.30 and sneaking in through the kitchen. And then, when they... There they are. Now, remember, don't even mention Halloween. Liz girl, George boy.
3: Hi, Iris.
7: George boy, Liz girl. Hi, boy. <laughs> well,
3: come in, come in.
2: Well, I hope you don't mind that we came over without an invitation. Oh, that's all right. (laughs) What's new, Liz? Oh, nothing. What's new with you? Nothing. Oh. (laughs) How about you, Rudolph? Rudolph?
1: Yes, hop along. (laughs) I mean, uh, no, no, nothing new with me.
5: Nothing new with me either.
2: Nobody asked you. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the holiday weekend, what are you folks going to do? What holiday weekend? Monday is Halloween. Rudolph!
3: Hmm?
2: Monday is Halloween! No! <laughs> yes. Halloween, when people give parties and everybody comes in costume and you invite your best friends. Oh, sounds like fun. <laughs>
3: it's
2: too bad someone isn't giving a party. <gasps> oh, Liv. Yes? There's something I've been meaning to ask you. Yes? Are you doing anything? No, not a thing. We'd love to come. What time? <laughs> Eight o'clock. Fine, fine, yes.
4: fine. Yes, Eight o'clock Wednesday morning, we start collecting newspapers for the Salvation Army.
2: <laughs> oh. Uh,
5: come on, Liz. We'd better go. Wait
2: a minute. Wait a minute, George. Uh, it's for such a worthy cause, Iris. Let's not wait till Wednesday morning. Let's start sooner. Say, uh, Monday night? Well, uh... I'd like to, dear, but, but, but... Would you like an ashtray for that butt, darling?
4: (laughs) Uh, 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 My mother, my mother isn't feeling well, and we're having dinner with her, yes. Yes,
1: yes, we always spend Halloween with the old witch.
3: (laughs)
2: Rudolph!
1: Well, only trying to help.
2: Well, don't bother. We don't have to have a brick atterbury fall on us to get the idea. Come on, George. Good night. Well, George, now are you satisfied?
5: Uh, you were right, Liz. Can't get over it. I don't know what to do.
2: Well, I do. While they're having their party, we'll soap their windows and kick over their garbage can.
5: And stick a pin in their doorbell.
2: No, I have a better idea, George. We'll give our own Halloween party and invite everyone but the Atterberries. There's not room in this town for both of us, George. The Atterberries must go. <laughs>
1: Now, back to the Coopers. There's a certain party in Sheridan Falls who is upset because she hasn't been invited to a certain party. If Liz only knew that the certain party is a surprise party for her, she'd be the most surprised party of all. Well, Liz is determined to get even, so right now, she's busy inviting all her friends to an opposition party that she's giving.
2: Hello, Mary. Liz Cooper. Uh, we're giving a Halloween party tomorrow night, and we wondered if you... What? What? Oh, your mother's sick? Well, some other time. Goodbye.
5: How are you doing, Liz?
2: If the next three couples can come, we'll have six people at the party.
5: That doesn't sound like much of a party.
2: Well, we can keep moving and make it look like a crowd. Hello, Betty Ray? Liz Cooper. Uh, We're giving a party tomorrow night and... Oh, you can't? Oh, she is. Well, goodbye and tell your mother. I hope she feels better. Bye.
5: Another refusal.
2: I don't get it. That makes the 14th one. There must be an epidemic of sick mothers. Well, I'll keep trying. Somebody's mother has to be healthy. I never heard of... So- Hello, Margaret. Liz Cooper. I wondered if you and Hans could... Oh, you couldn't? <laughs> I didn't even ask you yet. Oh, you heard. Oh, your father's sick. Too bad. Well, bye, Margaret.
5: Well, at least she's different. Her father's sick.
2: Mm. I'll bet he caught it from someone's mother.
5: (laughs) Don't you care, honey. You and I will have our own little party right here.
2: George, something awful is wrong. Our best friends all turned us down. All of them.
5: Well, forget it, baby. We'll take a course at Arthur Murray's and be successes again.
2: (laughs) Oh, it isn't funny. We're social misfits. We're being shunned by society.
5: Oh, now let's not get carried away. Well,
2: it's true. First the Atterberries and then all our other friends, making excuses and acting funny. And that's not all. What do you mean? Even the birds have left our birdhouse.
5: (laughs) They always go south this time of year.
2: But this year they went early. (laughs) George, there's something horrible the matter with one of us. One of us? Yes, and I know it isn't you, because you're just as wonderful as you've ever been. It's me, and I'm holding you back.
5: <laughs> oh, now, Liz, now, don't talk like that.
2: George, you're my best friend. Is, is there something even you haven't been able to tell me? <laughs> Have I been careless about the little
3: things?
5: (laughs) Well, now that you mention it, there is something I noticed. What? You've only been taking 30 seconds for your 60-second workout.
2: Oh, George, how can you make jokes when we're social outcasts? (sighs) Oh, well,
5: now, honey, it isn't worth crying over.
2: I'm not crying. I don't care about those people. I hate them.
5: Well, I'm going to call up Atterbury right now and ask him what this is all about.
2: No, he won't tell you. He'll be embarrassed. I know, George. I've got it. Let's go to the Atterbury's party. Liz,
5: have you cracked your crock?
2: <laughs> Don't you see? It's a costume party, so nobody will know us, and, and we'll mingle with the guests and say, isn't it shocking about the Coopers? And, and when they answer us, we'll find out the awful truth. Hey,
5: you've got something there, Liz. But uh, what kind of costume shall we wear?
2: Well, the way people are acting, we ought to go dressed as a couple of skunks. <laughs> Master George. We'll be late for the party.
5: Well, I still don't think we ought to go. These costumes we're wearing are so silly. Two policemen's uniforms and water pistols.
2: Ah, uh, you're just mad because you're a sergeant and I'm a lieutenant. <laughs> Kiss me, sergeant. That's an order.
5: Ah, <clears throat> uh, couldn't you have gotten some other costumes?
2: I told you the only other thing he had left was two halves of a horse. Well,
5: <laughs> what's the matter with that? At least it would have been unusual.
2: I'll say it would. They were both hind ends.
3: <laughs>
2: George, can't you drive faster? It's bad enough to be uninvited. Let's not be late, too.
5: I'm doing 35.
2: Whoops! there goes another one. Another what? <laughs> well, every time a car goes to pass us, the driver sees our cop costumes and slows down. <laughs> We've got 15 cars lined up in
3: back of us. <laughs>
5: How do you like
2: that? Hey, let's tune in the police calls. Let's play cops and robbers. Which station is it, George? Uh,
5: way down at the end
2: there.
5: Oh, yeah. Calling car twenty nine, car twenty nine. Investigate auto wreck at corner Elm and eight. If car not too badly damaged, make offer. The chief is looking
3: for a new car.
2: Oh, great.
5: Watch for robberies in Northside Residential District. Thieves in costumes, crashing Halloween parties. Victims report some dressed as policemen. Uh-oh. And you had to pick up policemen's uniforms for us. Yeah. Oh.
2: I don't like the feel of this. Let's go home. Oh, don't be silly, George. No one will bother us.
5: Well, all right. Oh. oh
7: no. All over the claim.
5: <laughs> now what do we do? He'll think we're those crooks. Well, don't stop. Keep on going. Nothing doing. I'll just uh, have to explain and hope he believes me.
2: No, if he doesn't, we'll miss the party. Pretend you're a real cop. Liz. Go ahead. I will not say
7: anything. And why are we two holding up traffic? Oh, excuse me, Lieutenant. I didn't see you. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. I was speaking to the Lieutenant. I apologize, Lieutenant.
2: Uh, That's all right, uh, officer. Drive on, Sergeant.
7: Oh, Lieutenant, uh, any fighter knows of those masquerading crooks?
2: Uh, yes. There's no truth to that report. Forget about them. Drive on, Sergeant.
7: Attention all cars. Keep special lookout for
5: criminals in masquerade costumes.
2: Drive on, Sergeant. Uh, Just a minute.
7: I don't remember seeing you two on the force before.
2: Well, uh, uh, you see, we're really plain clothesmen, but our plain clothes are being cleaned.
7: (laughs) I thought so. Let me see your credentials.
2: Certainly. Well, what do you know? Must have left them in my plain clothes.
7: (laughs) That's all.
2: Oh, no, it isn't. Let me see your credentials. What? Maybe you're the fake one. I can prove I'm a real cop. How? I got a witness. Sergeant?
5: (laughs) Yes, Lieutenant?
2: Sergeant, am I a real cop?
5: Yes, Lieutenant.
2: There you are. Drive on, Sergeant. Just a minute. Let
7: me see your badge.
2: Let me see your badge. Good. Sheridan Falls Police Force 158. Here, take a look at mine. That's enough.
3: (laughs) So
7: fast. Well, let me see them. Post Toasties Junior Genius.
2: Well, you see, we're not local cops.
7: (laughs) What's that Post Toasties business?
2: That's for my serial number. All right, you're coming
7: with me. Oh, you really fixed this up, Liz.
2: You'll never take us alive, George. I still got my gun one squirt for each of us. <laughs> Come on, out of the
5: car. Oh, look, officer, we're not crooks. My name is George Cooper. I live at 321 Bundy Drive, and I'm vice president of the Sheridan Falls National Bank. Now, if you'll just follow us home, I'll show you plenty of identification.
7: Well, okay, but no funny business. I'll just get in the back seat and go with you. No, thank you.
2: Drive on, Sergeant.
7: Oh, cut it
5: out,
4: Liz.
2: Okay.
5: Well, uh, this is our house, officer. Well, that butter?
2: Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look there at the side door. Some figures slipping into our house.
7: And they're in costume.
2: Yeah. We found the gang.
7: Shh. Wait a minute. Have you led me into a trap? No, no.
2: <laughs> Believe us. We don't know anything about it. Those people are crooks. And they're robbing our house. Oh, what do we do? We better call the police.
6: Yeah, we better call... The...
7: <laughs> what do you think I am, Western Union?
3: <laughs> well,
2: we don't know if you're real or not. Let's not stop that again. They'll
7: hear us. Oh, come on. We'll catch them red-handed. Okay.
2: Quiet, everybody.
7: We'll sneak up to the door. Okay, now let's rush
3: Alright, everybody, hands up! Goodbye! Goodbye, 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 Iris! <laughs>
7: Mr. Otterbury.
2: Please
3: Good
7: boy! I knew it. You're all in this together.
2: You mean... This is a surprise party for us? Yes!
4: You didn't suspect a thing, did you? Well, not a
7: thing! And what wonderful costume you have! Okay! Hands up, everybody!
4: Oh, for goodness sake!
2: Introduce us to your friend, Liz! I can't get over it! A surprise party and all the time we thought nobody liked us!
3: Oh, listen to me! Hands up,
4: everybody!
1: <laughs> look, look, fella, you made your entrance, the gag's over!
2: Oh, here we have all these wonderful friends And we thought nobody liked us uh, Hands up Please
7: <laughs> Look, look,
5: Buster You're overdoing your act And
1: take that false face off It's horrible
7: <laughs> Won't anybody put their hands up? I'm gonna tell my sergeant about this
3: Oh, George And we thought nobody liked us uh...
1: Yes, Lucille. Bob,
2: if I'm not being too personal, how many people do you think eat jello puddings?
1: You know, I've been wondering the same thing. You have. How did you happen to ask me that just at this moment?
2: Well, I don't know. It was just the next line in my script. Uh, <laughs> why don't we ask a fortune teller, Bob? My rates are very reasonable.
1: You a fortune teller? Yeah,
2: don't tell a soul. See, my n- real name isn't Lucille. It's Crystal. Crystal Bull. <laughs> Step right into my tent and I will tell the future for you.
1: <laughs> Good afternoon. Are you Madame Ball?
2: Cross my palm with silver. But your hand is bandaged. What what happened? My last customer crossed my palm with silver. Well, who was he? Uh, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> What is it you wish to know? I know all. Nothing is unknown to me. Now wait a minute. Where did I put that crystal ball? Oh, here it is.
1: Tell me, madam, as you gaze into the future, do you see any jello chocolate pudding, absolutely luscious with deep-down chocolatey goodness?
2: Well, let me take a look. I see there's the results for tomorrow's races. We don't want those. Uh the inauguration of our next president. No, no, no. Uh, who's going to play in the Rose Bowl game? No, 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 nope. Nothing here about jello chocolate pudding.
1: Well, how about jello butterscotch pudding with that buttery brown sugar flavor? Or jello vanilla pudding, rich and smooth as cream. Oh,
2: now let me see. Aha. Are they swell desserts for the kids? Yes. Or do you simply add milk and they cook to velvety perfection in just about five minutes? That's it? Nope, don't see a thing about them. You forgot to cross my palm with silver. All right, here. Well, look at all the jello puddings. Everyone's crazy about them. Old people are saying jello puddings are fine. Young people are saying jello puddings are great. Gay people are saying
3: jello puddings are swell.
1: Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and my favorite husband again next week, presented by J
7: E L L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the jell family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the jell family. That's Jello Yum, yum, yum.
3: Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O duck. pudding just so Well,
0: guys, that does it for Miss Lucille Ball and Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show My Favorite Husband. Please join me later on tonight and tomorrow night as I bring two episodes guaranteed to chill your spines. In this first one, we bring back to the show Mr. Boris Karloff, Mr. Vincent Price, and... Mr. Bella Lugosi in the monsters tell the story part two and join me tomorrow night guys as I bring to the show visitors from another planet to continue our spooktober part two presentation and if you like the show please comment and subscribe You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcast. Just type in mystery and comedy old time radio podcast. And also guys, just a quick update. Join me this coming Friday as I bring to the show in his first appearance. Mr. Red Skeleton and join me Sunday night as we celebrate Halloween with the 90th anniversary of the old time radio presentation of Mr. Boris Karloff's Frankenstein starring Mr. George Edwards and Always remember, guys, to enjoy the show. Thanks.